You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with an awesome individual and a good friend, Stephanie Bingham, who is the CEO and founder of Project 33 Creative and Hitch Experimental. She has a phenomenal background. And if you have anything to do with marketing, anything to do with branding, anything to do with getting your name out there and being really known she's the person for the job and I'm excited to learn about her past. So let's talk a little bit about this. Now, a, a New York Times article from the summer pointed out what a lot of us probably know already. Social media is a lot less social these days between, you know, really the political commentary, all of the ads. Oh my God, all of the ads. Many brands are, are really struggling to connect or really reconnect with their audience. And I, I'd go even further, like what is your audience now on social media and how are you getting the message out there of your brand while everyone's trying to sell, 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 sell. It's a very difficult job. And really people and their brands are once again seeing really the value of creating, engaging in real life events, which we love real life events. Thank God they're back. Um, the key of really to their success, of course, is getting creative, getting engaging um, really parts around that event. And, and we love doing that as well. We really try to, to, to not only design things around a specific event, but be really intentional about where that event is, who are the people going to be there and dive into it. And it's so funny. We'll have meetings with people who will be planning events and we'll ask a simple question like, so who, what type of people are going to be there? And they're like, we've never been asked that question. I'm like, well, how are you ever going to be able to develop a product or a marketing campaign around that if you don't even know what you're trying to achieve? So it's a funny, a funny world. Now, this is the, uh, the fun part of it. You actually started your career, or at least a long part of your career was at the Cartoon Network yes. and at Belk, where we met um, a long time ago. <laughs> and... I don't want to say a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. I'm not trying to age us <laughs> over here. But I'm excited with the Cartoon Network. I have a three and a five-year-old. You have a, a, a brand new son, I believe. Is well, that correct? He's 15 months. 15 months. So, so still. Yeah, you're toddling st around. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So so you're starting to see a little bit of the emotion. Yeah. Has he said no to you yet? Nah. Not yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nah. There we go. <laughs> well, before we jump into that, let's dive in uh, to, to really your background, learn more about you. Thank you, Stephanie, and welcome to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you for having me. Happy yeah. to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So the yeah. Cartoon Network, that, that yeah. seems like a really cool place to get super creative and yes. all of that. Let, tell us like a little bit about that. I was lucky. Uh, I majored in um, telecommunications, so television production and film studies, and um, I, I wasn't in marketing. So when I started my career, I was looking to get into entertainment, and I moved out to L.A. I lived there for like a year and a half, and then I hiked it back to Atlanta. And a friend of a friend, I got a job as an administrative assistant at Cartoon Network. Wow. Um, and so that's really <laughs> kind of where it started, but it was in marketing. And yeah, I was there for nine years and um, focused on marketing, ad trade marketing. We created upfront events. So there are the big events that the network puts on for our sales clients to sell the year ahead and get them excited about the programming. And then kind of was an experiential marketing from there. So event-focused, experience-focused marketing. And that's really been my whole career, pretty much. So it's kind of that side of marketing that is non-traditional, is that extra 
splash or cool thing that we can add to a campaign to like really put it above and beyond what you might expect. So, yeah. What what would you say would be your biggest takeaway or or what lessons you learned at, at the Cartoon Network? Because that's that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it was highly, highly creative. I felt like even our audience of advertisers um, were jaded as well. So what you had to come up with was really cool and unexpected. And everyone we worked with there was highly creative. So I was the, the organized person there. I was the project manager. And funny enough, when I left and went to Belk, I then became the highly creative person. And I was like, oh, wait, I am creative. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us at Cartoon Network realized just being in that environment, like we were really taught to, to think big and think different. So I think that's the biggest thing I took away um, was that that creativity um, and that pushing the boundaries and and challenging your client or challenging the brand to do something different. So, yeah. So we're gonna dive into to what you're doing right now, but I gotta ask my question on Cartoon <laughs> Network. So as um, a father of a three and a five year old, we just recently went and saw the new Paw Patrol movie. Right? Oh boy! And shocking, you look at like a cartoon like Paw Patrol, right? And the amount of revenue they've generated. Yeah. I mean, they're even throwing in little, you know, tidbits in the first video about how much swag they sell, right? Uh, Like literally like laughing at parents in the cartoon talking about, well, how can we afford this? Have you, have you seen the, the, uh, the Paw Patrol merch? It sells like hotcakes or something like that. That's what they say. And I'm laughing. I'm just like, yeah, I probably spent a thousand dollars on Paw Patrol stuff. I mean, from <laughs> from costumes to stuffed animals to the cars to every, the little yeah. figurine. I mean, you name it, right? So when you worked at Cartoon Network, what were some of those brands that you got to work with? Was it like Scooby Doo? Like, yeah. what was like the brands that were kind of like the Paw Patrol of today, or or oh or, or any of those things? I mean, PJ Masks. I mean, you go through it. Yeah. It's like the brands, the cartoon or the show is only one revenue stream of a ton oh, that they 100%. bring in. So it's wild. So I'm just curious to see who, what you worked with and how, yeah. how that continued to develop. And were you part of that saying, hey, we need to get merch. We should try to make a movie. Like there's all these different things that you don't even think are going to happen, but somebody that's creative came up with that idea, right? Well, I think it's twofold. So I think sometimes there's toy companies that create cartoons mm-hmm. to help sell their products. And then there's the authentic cartoons that become sensations that end up getting licensed um, to create movies and products and whatnot. So um, I was not brand brand manager. So that's kind of more of that role is that person would work with the studios and then figure out like what that brand looks like across all channels. Um, but some of my favorites that I worked on, Ben 10. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. that one <laughs> at all. Super cool toys because of his watch and that kind of thing. Um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends when I was in the thick of it. That was a big one. Um, and we just had that like viral, um, uh, I, I want to think of the words, it's like fandom for that show. Um, so the the stuff we got to do with that and the fans that would come out and engage and they created their own, pro- you go on Etsy and like they're craft people creating little knitted characters and things like that, which 
was fine. And then you have like toy lines and all of that kind of stuff as well. Book bags and yeah. Everything. Yeah. So as when well. you worked at Cartoon Network, and I always talk about this, um, and this will age me, but Facebook came out when I was a junior in college, right? And when Facebook came out, you had to have a .edu yeah. email address, right? So like it wasn't, If I guess I w I'm saying in 2007, if I knew what social media would be in, in this year, I probably wouldn't be selling promo. I'd probably be like me too, all right? in on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like everybody should be, right? Yeah. You had no idea that really the marketing platform and the gen the revenue that would be generated yeah. from it. But you guys kind of were there during the process of, of social media being established. And how was those conversations was like, should we get on social media? Should we not? Do we need to do something? For, like, how did you guys decide to finally take the leap? And were you on the forefront of saying, hey, we need to utilize these new tools? I guess I'm just curious, as a lot of brands in that time, a lot of people are like, I don't, I'm not getting a Facebook account or I don't need LinkedIn or Instagram didn't even exist. You know, no. Twitter didn't exist. So Yeah, no, I, I think the company when I was there, I mean, they started thinking about entertainment being more than just TV because you started to find channels like YouTube mm -hmm. and creators and and realizing that people were taking in content across the board. So from very early on, they had that initiative that like TV was going to be everywhere. So no, it's definitely highly important. Um, it wasn't an area of business I necessarily focused on, but certainly it was integrated into everything we're doing. So like even events or experiential, you're thinking about, we're not just having an event for people who come and great, they're getting engaged in a deep way, but like how do you convey that across the board in other ways. So how are we sharing that on social? How are we creating content from the event to share on social channels to show people all the cool things we do? Um, so definitely from very early on, it was like an important piece of it. Um, but yeah, 2008, I mean, I was in the middle of my career at Cartoon Network and I feel like that's when I first got a Facebook account. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm aging myself too. But um, yeah, there's a lot of learning curve of like, how do you delve into that for totally. sure? And then you got the opportunity to, to go from Cartoon Network to Belk. Yes. Completely different companies, right? Completely 100%. different visions. I mean, I, I imagine being somebody that like works at Disney and then now they're like, you're going to work for like Delta. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so I was just in a room with the most creative people ever that we had, they like the vision, nothing could be too crazy. Yeah. And then you get into a, a, an organization like Belk, which are looking for those creative people, obviously why they hired yeah. you, but probably more red tape, probably yes. more things that you had to go through. Tell us how that experience, A, what made you want to join Belk and what did you learn? You were there for six years, um, obviously highly recruited out of, of Cartoon Network from Atlanta. And then you joined them as their senior manager of marketing and communications. Tell us about kind of that journey, what yeah. you learned, and then we'll we'll jump into now your yeah. own business. I left um, Cartoon Network and I actually tried to do my own thing and start a business. Uh, and I did that for two years and it was it was hard. And, and I got this offer from Belk and I was like, all right, let's take it. So I kind of moved from... Uh, freelance into Belk. Um, and a woman named Arlene Goldstein hired me. And I think she really highly valued creativity and boundary pushing. She actually oversaw um, trend forecasting and fashion forecasting. And so that was how her mind worked. So she was an awesome wow. mentor and boss. And she was only there for a year. Um, but it was, I feel like it, in the beginning at Belk, it was hard to push to do new and different things um, because you really had to make a case for it. And I was there for six years and I had great leadership uh, and, and bosses that allowed me to do that. So it really took that support from the higher level and them coaching you on how to convince people who might not be as open to it to show the ROI and show how it was going to generate revenue or show how it was going to get a new stream of consumers excited about their brand. Um, so there was a lot of learning on that back end of, 
of that technical analytical part of it that you really had to know in order to sell it into the people who are going to be paying for it. So, and that's been a great lesson from Belk to moving into pitching clients and things who are trying to sell in. Maybe they want to do this really cool tour or event or stunt, but their boss is like, do we really want to need to spend that? And so if you can equip them with that knowledge. Yeah. So that was a great learning from Belk. I yeah. learned a lot about that. Yeah. How do you keep up with all those analytics and oh. actually show that there's an <laughs> ROI on, on your marketing initiative? Yeah. Because I'm sure you have to do that within, you know, Project 33 Creative as well. Oh, 100%. So we can roll into that yeah. afterwards. Yeah, mm. for sure. I mean, I think for me, it's learning about the goal. So you can't win it all. You can't win it all. So what is your goal? Are you trying to get PR buzz? Are you trying to get the news to come cover it and create like a beautiful story about this community event you're doing? Is that the highest priority? Or is it that you're trying to drive sales or people into the store? And so it's honing into what are you trying to do and, and aligning with your client or whoever you're speaking with about like what their real goal is so we can keep focused on that. And so they can see their win because they're not going to get a lot of stuff with experiential or events or even some of the social media stuff, we weren't driving sales. We weren't seeing like a thousand shirts fly off the, the shelf. So we had to figure out how to capture that data that was important. So we would interview consumers and say, did you come into Belk for this today? Um, is this what drove you in? Is, is this going to convince you to come back again? Has this made you feel different about the brand? And be able to prove those points and then and then say, okay, yes, this is a success. Let's keep doing stuff like this because this is something we weren't getting from another angle. I love that. And, and that's how I try to approach a lot of the conversations. And, and it's so interesting, whether you're a billion dollar company or you're a mom and pop shop. Yeah. How many people are not asked that question? What is your goal? What are yeah. we trying to achieve? Yes. <laughs> right. Like it's reverse engineer the process and you can come up with any type of, of marketing or campaign, whether that's social media, whether that's branded merch, whether that's billboards, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? But if you don't know what you're going to achieve, you're never going to be successful. Yeah. And then you're going to come back to the company and be like, well, it didn't really work out. It's like, well, we, we had no idea what you were trying to achieve. I don't even know how you understand if it worked out. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, so that's pretty interesting. I want to jump into this because we're going to go into Project 33, but you mentioned something and we have so many entrepreneurs on here and, and I'm, I'm dealing with this with my five-year-old right now who's so hard <laughs> on himself that... Um, you know, two years ago, he never even knew how to play soccer, scored one goal that season. This year, he had a game that he scored 10 goals. Well, last game, he only scored three goals, and he's literally crying, thinking that he's like a terrible soccer player, and he's so hard on himself. And yeah. I'm glad that he cares. But yeah. like deep down, it's like, buddy, you know, like, <laughs> let's relax. But the reality is, is that he's in the process of learning how to fail, right? Yeah. And every entrepreneur we've ever had on here has failed mo so many more times than they've been successful, right? But they've had the balls or they've had the the drive to say, I, I'm just going to do it, right? Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to write a plan and just sit there and say, oh, I'll be an entrepreneur someday. You're going to do it. Well, yeah. you did that. But then two years into it, it might not necessarily have been the roses that you thought. So yes. you then went to Belk, but you never gave up on that dream. Yeah. You continued to work with Project 33 and they were yeah. founded in 2012. Yeah. So that was something that was still in the back burner that still had that flame yeah. and you never completely put it out yeah. right so tell me about that journey yeah and how you decided you know what i'm gonna leave belk and i'm gonna do this permanently because i think there's so many people listening to this right now that have great ideas or a cool concept or they figured it out but they don't have the mm, to yeah. just do it 
and you have done it multiple times. So <laughs> I tried. yeah, right. So they, tell us about that story and, yeah. and what you've learned from it, but what you could also educate other people on about that journey. Yeah, I think being on the corporate side, there's always something I struggled with the politics and the games. And I mean, it's just I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so when I left Cartoon Network, you know, it it was because of that. It could get highly stressful. And sometimes it was just so hard to navigate all of that. So I wanted to do my own thing. And I, I tried for a couple of years. I freelanced, but the income just wasn't enough. And the Belk offer was great. So I was like, all right, we're going to flow where life leads us. Um, and then in the middle of being at Belk, I still tried to keep up with some freelance work here and there with Project 33 to keep it breathing. Now, I did not make the choice to leave Belk in 2020. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this pandemic happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're real familiar. Yeah. We- yeah. And my <laughs> job was events in the store and all the stores oh, closed yeah. and whatnot. So, um, so I lost my job. But I think it was the kick in the booty I needed. Yeah, what a blessing. Yeah. It was a blessing, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And even when it happened, I was I I knew it was coming and I knew this was this was like somebody giving me that moment to to keep going. So funny enough, I had hired um, a couple guys that I had worked with when I was at Cartoon Network. I loved working with them and they had, they were part of a large agency and I called them at Belk. I said, I'm doing this big flower wall, fifty feet of flowers. Can you help me execute it? And they're, both of them had left that company, but they're like, you know, we freelance, we'll, we'll do it for you. I'm like, great. I pick people, not companies. Mm-hmm. So they had been working on that project for me and were in the midst of doing it for the third time when I got laid off. Um, and so they came to me and they had just won a new client and it was um, HBO Max. And they had pitched this big event and they're like, it's canceled. And they told us we have to come up with a social media influencer campaign. And we, that's not our thing. Will you come help us? And then we can we can do it together. And I had uh, managed influencers as well at, at Belk. So we created an idea for a series called Close Enough on HBO Max, where we mailed these boxes. It was actually the Close Enough house. And you would open doors and like awesome. pull swag and stuff. Really weird awesome. Stuff because like, yeah. the show was like off the wall, um, and we ended up winning an award for it. Yeah, amazingly enough. So I had that drive, like I got to keep earning money. So I was like, guys, let's keep doing this. So we created the Hitch website. So this is Hitch Experiential, and we just kept going. And then we got TBS Wipeout. We did a, a big event for them in 2021, and it just kept going. So, um, but I still have Project 33 Creative and do consulting. And I also have Hitch Experiential where I have two business partners and those bigger like production heavy experiences like mobile tours or um, we put giant inflatables on barges and floated them around the city of New York. Like that kind of stuff. I work with those guys because they know how to tackle, (laughs) you know, you got to partner up with the people of the right skill set. So um, I've had an exciting three years with them doing some really cool stuff. Um, yeah, so that's how, and I just kept going. So I was interviewing the whole way, thinking maybe I'll go back to corporate, and then I kept pushing both, and this is just what came to the surface. So, and that's what I really wanted. I wasn't willing to settle for a job that made me feel stifled. So I and, just kept going. And so that's them. how, like, you've worked with some really cool brands like Harlem Globe Trotters, yeah. Amazon Kindle, yeah, um, iHeartRadio. Yeah, uh, American Idol, Coke Zero, and and a lot of other big names. So that is freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know like, how I, yeah, lucked into so that. So that ball just, <laughs> and that's all been since you've you've started 
on your own. Correct? Yeah. So um, some of the brands you mentioned were that two years. I was in between Cartoon Network and Belks. That was um, American Idol. I did some freelance for that. And iHeartRadio Music Festival. We did an activation for Amazon Kindle there. I freelanced for an agency. Um, and then with Hitch, it's um, the brands like you mentioned, um, HBO Max and TBS, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. Awesome. Um, Betty Buzz is another one that's Blake Lively's new drink brand. Mm-hmm. That was the first brand I um, I cold outreach to. I would come up with these LinkedIn campaigns. And I was pregnant, so I wasn't drinking. And she's really into non-alcoholic beverages and making cool cocktails with and so it's like this is a cool brand and they replied to my linkedin and like landed him as a client i (laughs) feel real proud about that (laughs) you should be i mean the success rate of an inbox in in linkedin is is very very small i will say this (laughs) if you just sent me an email that was like Hey, Brian, I live in Charlotte. I love your podcast. I'm probably going to reply to you. Yeah. If you send me some scripted way about how you're going to make me a millionaire, I'm just going to block you. Like, I don't have time for all that. It's amazing the amount of messages you get on LinkedIn that are just... Mine Ridiculous. are real quirky. Outreach. Yeah, that's what I you should. Quirky, that's what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, I think it was like a Valentine about like I have a crush on your brand. Or I was like, yeah. crush on you. Don't, it's your brand. Don't get weird. Like it's just <laughs> oh, that's so I'd reach out to brands I liked. Yeah, <laughs> that is so awesome. So tell me, what, what did you do with the Harlem Globetrotters? So that was something as a kid growing up. Oh, I, yeah. I got to go see them live in the '90s, and I'll never forget it. There was a one of the players. I don't know his name, but he legit was standing at center court. And he just picks up this basketball and starts looking at everybody and then throws it behind his back. Swish. Yeah. And then yeah. he did it again. Yeah. And then he did it again. And I'm sitting here like, if this dude They're can throw so the ball cool. from behind his back, half court, and swish three in a They're row. the coolest. Why is he not in the NBA? I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> but it was one yeah. of the coolest experience. I mean, from them, like in Harlem, they were one of the first to take sports and turn it into a show. Yeah. Right? And and it and not be, it's a game, but it's really not. It's yeah. more about entertainment. What did it you is. get to do with yeah. them? And and what a cool brand to work with yeah. that's that's been around. Yeah. It seems like forever. This is part of my Cartoon Network network. Oh, so nice. a former coworker who's a friend of mine is their marketing director. And so they they are an amazing brand. I was so impressed working with them, but they do a ton of community outreach. They are um, all about spreading goodness in the world and it's just even each of the players has a, a background and a story and you meet them and talk to them and you're, they're just so impressive. So they did a partnership with um, Jersey Mike's and they did community outreach in different cities um, where they would reach out to like the Boys and Girls Club, um, the Police Athletic League and do an event for those kids. And then they awarded one staff member or kid um, this award called the Great Assist for just being like a great team team member or whatever. And they, you know, garnered P- PR and that kind of thing to promote the game that was coming up. But it was just really like a feel-good moment um, to share goodwill in yeah. each of the cities. So I helped them with that. It was super fun. I got to hang out with some Harlem Globetrotters. Each city, we'd try to go somewhere like that was cool uh, or well-known in that city. So we had a lot of fun at dinners and stuff like that, too. Oh, super it. nice guys. I love it. Tell us some, um, you know, specifically. And girls. Yeah. And Women girls. and men, you, both. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you go sure. to, to both your websites are awesome. Um, and it seems like you do a really good job of being very intentional of how we're going to brand something, but it's not the same for everyone, right? We yeah. talk about that a lot. If we work with construction companies, they might be, well, if you work with so-and-so, then, you know, I'm like, 
but you can be in the same lane and yeah. you are completely different, yes. right? Yeah. So it's all really about understanding that, asking those specific questions about that unique brand, but you're all over the board, right? Yeah. So in that scenario, I want to learn what does your ideal client look like? Are you taking on clients? And if there are people that are sitting here going, hey, we need to pick her brain or we need to figure out if, if we want to do an event, how does that look? Um, and, and one, are you taking clients? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So number one, 100%, yes. Always. Okay, perfect. Always. always. Um, Love new and exciting projects. I think a client that has a mindset of just trying to push their boundary a little bit and do something different. So I'm probably not going to be the agency for a client that's like, I need to do a big media buy and a classic campaign and whatnot. But someone who's like, we've got this campaign, we have this new initiative, or we're trying to come up with some creative ways to garner buzz or get people out to engage in a touch and feel way. Um, so if people are open to ideas like that and needing that extra oomph, I'm probably the brain for them. Um, yeah, and it doesn't matter what brand. Um, yeah, I, it can be all kinds of things. I stay open-minded because even a cardboard box company, you know, they can do some really cool stuff too. Like you think about, um, it's, just, it's just how you play it. You don't have to be boring. Oh. Not that cardboard boxes are boring. I don't no. want to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> they can be. Yeah. But they can also be really cool. They can be yeah. really cool. Yeah. We got cool cardboard boxes. That's They're all custom branded. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a different vibe than just a boring cardboard box. So yeah. I totally and understand. you know what? We see them all over. All over. I had a buddy uh, actually text me a picture. He was at a stoplight, and one of our boxes was in the back of a garbage truck. Yeah. And he could see our logo hanging out of the, the back, essentially. Yeah. And I was like, and and as someone who hadn't bought from us in like a year, I was like, dude, where have you been? Like, blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, so even in the trash yeah, truck, he's thinking go. of us, yeah. right? Yeah. Because of yeah. the cardboard yeah. box. Yeah, should have been in the recycle yeah, bin. Yeah, please but, recycle you know? people. Yeah, <laughs> All right. so, but we'll take it. We'll but, take uh, it. So I've, I've heard you touch on this, but we hadn't actually talked about it. But you've mentioned relationships a few yeah. a few times. Yeah. Um, and how you've utilized the relationships you've built in yeah. in your different uh, career paths. Um, tell us how important that is to you Everything. and the business and, and what you're doing. I'd love to hear about that because I think people lose sight, especially in today's world, is so transactional yeah. and like online and all these things. But the reality is people buy from people they like, trust, and, yeah. and deliver. Yeah, right? so 100%. Talk about your thoughts on that, if you will. I know. I know some people are like business, personal, totally separate. And yes, there's boundaries, et cetera. But like I, I will tell you, from Cartoon Network, we talked about that. Some of my closest and deepest friendships are from that job. And so you're spending however many hours a day at your job. Be authentic and be real and connecting with people because that is that is a huge part of your life. So, um, yeah, I kind of maybe blur the lines a little bit because I just want to be real and live life authentically. So I think it's super important. Um, I think it's important to be upfront and real and honest and um, genuine. And so if something doesn't feel like a fit or right, maybe it's just not for you. Maybe that's not the client to pursue or try to hard sell. Um, I want to work with people that want to work with me and we have fun working together and, you know, um, we trust each other. So those relationships are incredibly important. And you asked how I've gotten to work on so many cool brands. It's like, I started here and these are the people I met and this agency that I worked with at Cartoon Network hired me for the Coke Zero thing and this and that. And and, and yeah. it just, it sprawls from there. So I think that's a really important message, especially for young people that yeah. are like graduating college and getting out in the so-called real world. And, you yeah. know, I, th 
I wish I would have grasped that a little sooner. Yeah. You know, I understand it fully now. Yeah. But it took me a little while yeah. to get there. You yeah, know, totally. and just the networking and getting to know people. And we do that a lot. We're and, humans. And it just makes it, it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. When you, when you have friends and business. And yeah. It does kind of blend. We all have lives and ups yeah. and downs, and you want to be supportive and, yeah, real That's with right. people. So, yeah. yeah we, we always talk to brands in, when, when we're working, right? And it's like, we want to create a walking billboard, right? Yeah. You know, so we do all different types of things. But the reality is, if we do a really good job on your project, A, you're coming back. Yes. But B, who's going to notice that? Who's yeah. going to be at that event? Who's going to yeah. see the swag? Who's going to get the swag? Yeah. Whatever it is, right? And then we get, ref- I mean, our ba- business is based off of referrals. Yeah. We get referred to people all over the country who saw something we that we did or were at an yeah. event and saw it. And that's the best, yeah. right? Like the, well, when the, your work speaks for itself. I 100%. trust their quality. Yeah. They're, they're, they have my back when things go wrong. 100%. I can trust them to problem solve. Yeah, 100%. I don't want to work with just any vendor. Yeah. Yeah, I do these check, events check, check. for Belk with flowers and I have a floral vendor. And I, I yeah, I'm not comfortable maybe going to other floral vendors because things go on in the background we have to problem solve for and he's really good at it and I can trust him and... That's yeah, part of the secret secret weapon that you have. So I love it. Yeah. So you guys um, in both of these businesses, a lot of event planning, um, a lot of of I would say forecasting what our events going to look like. What is that experience going to look like? We always use the word experience all the time. Me and my wife talk about it just with our kids. Right. We're more interested in giving our kids experiences than buying them toys. Now, do yeah. we buy them a lot of toys? Yeah, I think too many. But the reality is... Hey, Cartoon Network. Yeah, right? I know. Thank you, Cartoon Network. Never too many um, toys. Thank you, Cartoon Yeah, they, they, we left a stuffed animal in Isle of Palms, and um, somebody came up to me recently, like, did you ever get that stuffed animal back? I'm like, no, I don't ever want it back. We have plenty of them. I'm like, we're good. Um, but everything, like when you look back on your life as a kid, right? I don't remember like what my first bicycle looked like. I don't remember what my parents gave me when I was 14 years old. But I remember all of the experiences, yeah, the camping trips, the, totally. the the things that we got to do, right? And th- that's that's what when I look back on my childhood, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it's not that my dad bought me a North Face jacket, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it was more about my dad took us, you know, camping in Colorado, and yeah. we got to rent an RV, and we thought we were so cool at the age of eight. Yeah. So when I meant, I'm bringing this to a point of business, I'm not just going to talk about that, but all of these brands, they're all fighting for that exposure. What's going to be a cool event? What's going to be the experience that we can create? So what is your vision of what that looks like in the future and how are companies going to be, are going to need to be even more intentional moving forward, whether where that event is, what you're doing from the food, from the swag, from everything involved in it, where do you see the vision of that? And and do you think companies are doing a good job of it as we move forward? I think some companies are doing a great job. Um, I think some companies could delve in. Could call you. Sure, they could call me. Um, Yeah, even thinking of retail, for example, like how important it is with Amazon. And we're all just, I mean, I do it. I'm like, order, 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 right? I'm not going into a store. Um, So getting people into the store to do more than just shop and to feel like, okay, I'm going in there for experience, whether it's to talk to somebody or learn or get help or build a project or get a premium or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, we all were siloed in 2020. And so I think more importantly, more important than ever, it's like getting out and reconnecting once again, um, because we all went onto social media and TikTok and whatever. And so how, how do you, I think it's important for brands to get people out and touch and feel and give them an experience that's more than them just looking at their screens. Um, 
because they're going to miss out otherwise on that human experience. I think, you know, human to human. So you can only get so much from from a screen. Totally. I love my social media, too. But um, yeah, I think a lot of companies are doing it great. And I think, uh, like you said, the inspiration where I get vision from for the future is um, in my own experiences. So whether I've gone on a cool trip or I've seen an art installation or I've noticed an art, that's one thing artists like come up with some really cool experiential stuff and just taking little bits of things that I've enjoyed or I've just been blown away by and trying to integrate them into future ideas for clients and things. So, Do you work with small businesses too or just some of the yeah. bigger brands? Well, yeah, all brands. Yeah. yeah. So it just Got depends. It. Yeah. Got it. Um, just depends how cool you are. How cool? If you're cool, I'll work with you. Yeah. If you're not, yes, I work cardboard. With small Can't be yeah. cardboard. Yeah. It'll be exciting. No, you uh, can. Be you can't be cardboard. She'll turn you. She'll turn you into really cool. <laughs> cardboard. Be cool cardboard. So I'll tell you an experience that I just um, uh, saw, which I thought was unbelievable. So everybody knows the show Price is Right, right? Yes. Um, we I grew up watching that literally when I was a senior in high school. Like the, our I feel lunch like break I know was what right. You're gonna say yeah, I, you probably do. So <laughs> we were coming back from a trip. My wife um, surprised me and flew me out to Kansas City to see the Chiefs yes. play, which was the best trip ever. Honey, I love you. That was awesome. Um, but we're coming back and the airport was crazy. Right. And I'm walking and there is a huge crowd of people and I'm over here going, what the hell's going on? Right. When you see a big crowd of people at an airport, all huddled around something, it's like, is there a terrorist threat? Did somebody die? Like what is happening? So then I, yeah, (laughs) we saw her the night before we're good. So we literally walk up here and they have set up this huge real life Price is Right Plinko. I saw it yesterday. Right? Yeah. And the whole goal there is you can win 75,000 miles, 25,000 miles, Bank all those things, yeah. right? That's There's really a cool. line of 75 people willing to buy a new credit card just to play the damn game yeah. Plinko, yeah. but it created this huge buzz. And I looked at Amanda, I was like, that is freaking brilliant, yeah. right? The amount of data, new credit card holder, whatever it is, whatever they have to do. How many times you go on an airport or on an airplane? And at the end of every flight, we have an amazing deal for you. You yeah, can sign right. up for our credit. How many people have you saw grab that one? About no, but none. The Plinko. The Plinko. Everybody's like, here's my social security number. Here's this. Give me that Plinko. I mean, Did that's you get just. your card? Amanda was like, we got to get home to our boys. But I wanted to play. <laughs> I, yeah. wanted to, I was like, this is like a kid's dream. Totally. But like yeah. that type of an experience. Yes. Yes. Both of them are trying to achieve the same thing. From the stewardess walking down the, the aisle with a credit card thing to Chase doing it right there. Nostalgia. The experience. Experience yeah. completely different, totally. right? So I don't even have a question. I just wanted to tell you that was such you know, a cool experience. So I saw something cool in the airport in Austin. They had a gate, and it was like it, it basically was an imaginary gate where you would go answer at a ticket booth all these questions, and they were like nonsensical questions, and then it would give you a ticket to a destination like Narnia or like oh, oh yeah, 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 and so. Um, People walk by and they're like, what is this? And it was just some like weird little random art installation. The way the seats were built into the wall were really weird and quirky. And they had big ticket uh, signs that saying where the flights were taking off to. And they were all from books and and that kind of thing. Um, But again, it was an artist that went and built that. But I went and like videoed it. And I I was like, I have to play with this and see what it does because maybe it'll give me an idea for somebody down the line, you know. But airports, people are bored. Like, we've got two hours till the next flight. What can we do? Let's go sign up for a credit card and play Planko, baby. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Um, Before we kind of wrap this up, how how can people get in contact with you? How can they kind of follow your journey? Obviously, if they're a business owner or or marketing directors for brands that are interested in in learning and getting in touch with you and and seeing what you can do for their brand, what's the best way to do that? Number one, I'm a big LinkedIn gal. So Stephanie Bingham on 
LinkedIn, Project 33 Creative. Um, I have an Instagram account too, uh, Project 33 Creative. Um, or you can check out our website, uh, hitchxp.com with my business partners, Hitch Experiential and project33creative.com. So that's a lot of, Love a lot it. of ways. Awesome. Reach out, say hi. Are there <laughs> any, any projects that we need to be uh, on the lookout for that you can oh, yeah. give, give us some? I don't think I can say right. yet. Like they haven't We won't been tell anybody. Yeah. We won't tell anybody. But I do have some cool stuff I'm working on that you'll see this winter for, um, a cool client uh, for a new show that's coming out, but I can't say what that's okay. yet. But look on my social media. Yeah, once it's I'm, there. Yeah, and I'm working on some cool stuff for some festivals um, coming up this spring too. Awesome. So yeah, Very I'm excited. Cool. Well, congratulations Absolutely. on your success. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Love to hear it. Thank it's you awesome. guys. This yeah. is fun. And it's the classic example. Adversity creates opportunity. Oh, right? heck yes. Like belt clipped. There you go. You just got to flow, man. Got to flow. Yep. Love it. 100%. <laughs> love it. I love it. Like we always say, please like, share, and comment. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Congratulations on the two brands. Congratulations on starting as an entrepreneur in 2012, <laughs> getting kicked in the bum, and then yes. keeping it going. Thank you. Uh, I think there's so many people that either start, maybe fail the first time. Really, most of them probably never start. Hold so, on to that roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, look, tomorrow's going to be a better day. That's what I always say. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been amazing. So thank you guys so much for, for listening. Uh, Stephanie, again, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.